And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Rise and shine, this baby. Guy. You're up early in the morning there. Yeah, he never has to get up early. He's so lazy. <laughs> this is a Scottish thing. I don't know what it is. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so outside, there were some good fights last night. I was, uh, yeah. To be honest, it was one of those like uh, hidden gem kind of cards. Podcast it always was, is. Yeah, the ones that you, you think, oh, that's really not that good. They turn out to be really good. Freaking good fights. Yeah, podcast Dave was like, man, I didn't even know this card was going on. And I felt bad because Benavidez uh, was, you know, trying to get the title. He got the title shot, but trying to win the title for the first time. And yeah, there was a lot that went on. But let's first talk about all the horrible refereeing. Let's get that right out in the open because this is your line of expertise. And I love to just pick your brain because that's just how I am. I like to pick your brain about these no, type of No, you like to scenario. stir I like, shit. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, yes. It's out there just stirring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big old pot. I'm just stirring that What's shit your, up. your problem? I didn't see any problems throughout the entire night. You gotta be fucking kidding me! You gotta be fucking kidding me! Um, Did you I'm, see a problem? You'll, no, have, you, you'll have to. Uh, you'll have yeah. To I, look, I don't. I don't know the ref's name. Sure. I don't know. You know what? I don't know the ref's name. But the guy, the the ref who did the early stoppage on the two. Oh God, man! What was the fight? It was absolutely I, I hor- horrendous. I wanted to just punch somebody in the face when I saw that. I felt so bad for that for that fighter. I felt yeah. so bad for that That's, guy. The referee's Kevin McDonald. Okay, okay, okay. Kevin McDonald, you're lucky the fighter didn't sock you in the face. You're extremely <laughs> lucky he didn't just like fucking go postal on you and just beat your ass. I thought he was gonna look. First yeah. off, the guy the guy was kind of a moron. He ran across the cage before the fight started. Okay, and, let's, you know, talk, let's talk. Let's talk. Stop. Let's talk about that. Okay. I, what? <laughs> go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go, I'm listening. First, I want to. I want to stick up for the ref. I, no, 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 I can't stick up for the ref in that scenario because it was the ref's okay. fault. He was able to get all the way across the cage. But the fighter, you, you got, you got to know, man. Like you can't do that. I mean, just you're about, to, you're about, you're going to have a second. There's a two seconds away shot. from you exactly. get your chance to punch him yeah. in the face. What are you, a kid standing yeah. in line at Disneyland and you got to jump the line? Come on. It man. was. It was. Okay. Uh, go ahead. But, give, give me the breakdown. But, Okay, let's let's talk about just that. First off, if you're going to do the jobs that are associated with the commission, then do the goddamn job. If you're going to be an inspector and your job is to be in that fighter's corner and make sure that the fighter stays in the corner, then why are you watching and standing there like a fan and allowing this fighter to walk over, you know, you can start to walk with him. If he stops halfway, hey, you can just stop with him. No problem. But as soon as he crosses that midway point, your hands go. You start to pull him back. Hey, yeah. let's no, don't even think about it. And you move him back. If you're the referee, what are you doing? You're standing in there because you're so cool. And I just, I'll just let this happen. You've got to be paying attention. When both fighters are in the cage, that cage is your responsibility. As soon as both step in, once one steps out, you don't have to worry about anything. But when they're both in there, your attention is on the fighters. So that whole bit where they come together, that, that could have ended horribly. It didn't, but it did about 38 seconds later. <laughs> so, yeah. but this is, you're going to do a job, do the goddamn job. 
Quit trying to fucking look cool. Quit trying to be a fan. Do your freaking job. So tell me how you really feel. It's as simple as it is. You know, it's simple. It's if, and this is what's wrong. The commission itself, what are they going to do? Nothing. Okay. That inspector should be taken. And hey, you're going to stay in the back from now on. Since you don't know what to do when you're out here in the cage, under the lights, in front of the cameras. Well, I'm going to put you in a place where you don't have that much thinking capabilities needed. Okay. (laughs) That's just the way it is. This is the way you're supposed to run something. It's a business. Your business is run off of somebody else's business. The UFC is paying you money. They don't want to. Okay. I don't blame them for not wanting to, but they're paying you money because you are getting a percentage of those ticket sales and you're getting a percentage of sometimes TV rights, pay-per-view rights, depending upon the show. So they're paying you money. So your job is to enhance their business, not detract for it, not create problems for it, not do things that are going to end up making that business look worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, They could, first off, the ref should have been normally like the, normally the refs, like the one in the middle, he was off by the fence. Well, the ring announcer was way in front of him. That's that's normal because you're, you get out of the way. So, you know, buffer can do his little, you know, bit and all that stuff you're going to, but as soon as you see him starting to cross that mid, Hey, you're, you're making a line. You're like a defensive back with the, with the running back going down the field. There's your line to get between the two people before they come into contact. That's your job. Wow. Now I can tell you, and Kevin's going to hate me. That's okay. I don't give a shit. Hmm. All right. Many times Kevin has said, well, you know, that's the commission's problem. You know, that's not mine. Hmm. No, you're wrong. And that's why that happened. And that's why you look stupid because of it. Your job is to be the guy that is in charge. As soon as both fighters step inside that cage. You're the guy that takes care of the problems. You know, I really feel like we should film Sunday mornings more often. He's a lot more feisty in the mornings. <laughs> I think by the time we film at night, sometimes he's tired. I think it's the yeah, old age. Well, that's because, dude you're, dude, you're making me film at 1130 at night. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Actually, I'm up until 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's all right. And then he's he's up by like 5 a.m. because I was texting oh, yeah. him early this morning. I don't sleep. That's so funny. Uh, you're also on East Coast, so it was actually it wasn't that. It was early for me. Look, yeah. yeah. I felt like he should have been closer, like right behind Buffer. Let Buffer do his thing, his card pointing thing and all that other <laughs> stuff he does. Okay. You know, um Come on. Yeah, yeah. Great uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Anyways, okay. So um yeah, there was there was that part of the fight that I that kind of was like, what the hell? What was going on here? Now, do you relate that with just uh, small time commissions? I mean, where were they in North yeah, Norfolk? Commissions that they're in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. They, I can tell you, look, one of the worst commissions I've ever been around. They're Virginia? horrible. Virginia? Horrible. Yeah. Oh, they don't know okay. what they're doing. They're just, they're absolutely bad. They're obviously a little Sorry. slow because he didn't even get, they wasn't even, they were chest to chest and arms wrapped up with each other before oh, the it, fight even started. The guy wasn't even yeah. near him. He wasn't even there, anywhere near him. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, well, this is what happens. You, instead of doing your job, mm-hmm. you know, watch, watch Nevada, watch California. Even watch New York now because they've had problems and so they've really gotten into, hey, you do this and you watch those guys. They're on top of it. But when all of a sudden that big show comes to your state and you get to work 
pit and now you're standing there and there's all the lights and the people are going crazy and you start to become a fan. You're not there working. You're there being a fan, being part of the moment. That's not your job. Your job is to work. Your job is to understand what you're supposed to do. And if you allow that to happen, you're not doing your job. Yeah, in these small towns or like, you know, in the in areas where these these shows don't normally go and you got big stars, you know, they got big big name fighters in there, whatever it is, it gets it gets their attention to the point where they want everybody in the crowd to see them. They start to to feel that what the fighters not really what the fighters feeling because the fighter feels like a little bit of anxiety. No, they feel a rush. It's yeah, electric. They, yeah, yeah, for sure. They're feeling that as well. So I mean, there was that part of it all, but then there was also the next part. And the next part was the stoppage. <laughs> Let me just that was good, wasn't it? tell you right Come now. On. It, was, it was a great, dude, he protected the fighter. We all, I was like, wait, 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 did we watch the same fucking fight? Because there was no uh, way. I mean, yeah, no, he definitely horrible. protected the fighter. You got to let horrible. him fight, though. You got oh to let the guy, I mean, you, I, I'm not saying he should have. He should have let him fucking get KO'd, face down, ass up. But he should have at least let him fight. Now, I will say this though: the fighter was doing something really strange that I haven't seen people do. Now, to me, it looked he's like done it before. Yeah, he looked like he was swaying a little bit, but I yeah. thought it looked like he was just trying to get into a rhythm. Okay, so here's. Go ahead. I want to ask you a question. You're a fighter, okay? Yeah. You have been in there, and you have seen guys that are hurt. Yep. And then you've seen guys acting like they're hurt what yeah. tells you the difference what is it that tells you the difference come on there's things their legs because if you're smart I'm, absolutely yeah their legs it's your base yeah so if you are the referee and you see this guy starting to do this thing do i don't look leg. at yeah. this yeah i look to see where how is his base because that's going to tell me i'm going to look and say that didn't look like it should have hurt you it could have i'm not saying it can't but it didn't look like it should so instead of doing this where i go to what we call the micro i start to look at his face Mm -hmm. i step back and i look at the macro i look at the entire package and i look at the base of the fighter that tells me everything it tells me look at how solid his base is he's not hurt you do not have a solid base when you are hurt. That's why guys will use the cage. They'll lean up against the cage. If it's boxing, they'll lean into the ropes. It gives them another balance point because their base is bad. Watch him. Watch yeah. the fight. As soon as he, I go, he's, he's not hurt. Yeah. He's just, he's doing his thing. And I, you know, you watch the referee. He's jumping in and out. And you go, oh my God. Don't do it. Now, he did <laughs> You're this, yelling at the TV, I bet. Don't do it. Oh, Don't God. do it. I was like, no, I swear to God, I'm watching. Go, are you fucking kidding me? He's oh, not hurt. No. You know, and it was like, all of a sudden, he jumped. Now, and this is the other part. And I've talked to this referee about this. Look, you have got to figure out certain things. I'm not saying. Thing a fighter cannot be put out early. They can't, but they're put out. What if he was hurt? What is the best time early in the fight? Why? If he's done any training, he's in good shape, so he's got a full tank of gas, right? He's not tired, so this has nothing to do with him being tired. This has nothing to do with he can't keep his hands up or any of that stuff. He's got a full tank of gas, and it's the best time in the fight for him to recover if he's hurt. 
So you're going to let him go. You got to let this guy go because he's throwing back. He's fighting. He never hit the fucking ground. He never fucking fell into the fence. He never did any stanky leg thing. Yeah. He fucking wiggled his upper body. Guys wiggle their fucking upper body all the time. Yeah. What are you watching? And then you stop the fight. And as you said, he's lucky he didn't get clocked because you could see immediately. Oh, God. Ian was fine. He's like, yeah. what are you? He's trying to lull this guy in. He's taking shots. I'm not saying he's not. Yeah. The right hand that started it, you know, started the concern. He had touched him, but I didn't think it really hurt him. I thought he started to do his little thing. Like you could see it. It's it froze him for a second, just that mm-hmm. half a second. And so he felt it, but watch his base. Yeah. It's fine. Then he gets the head kick, come up, kind of blocks it a little bit, but it touches another one kind of blocks, but it touches. But he watches base. He's fine. And these are the things as a referee you're supposed to know. This is what I look towards. I can't always go. If I'm not sure, if I see that he's done the wobble with the legs, I don't have to go back to him. I know. But as soon as he starts just giving that upper body head movement, like, oh, yeah, any shoulder head movement, that's just part of guys acting and fighting, and it happens all the time. Go to your secondary information. It will tell you, is this real? No. And you relax. Yeah. That's the difference. When you see referees that are relaxed during the fight, you know, watch watch a, a Mark Goddard, watch a Jason Herzog, watch Herp. They're relaxed because it's, I know. Now, there's times when they'll start to, up oh, because they're thinking, oh, he's hurt, and they want to make the right timing for that stop if they're going to do it. But they're not jumping in and out and looking all over the place. It's like, he inserted himself at a time, you know, he knows, he knows, he can sit there, he can say whatever he wants, but yeah. when he looks, he knows, I screwed up. Yeah, he had to have known, he went down and watched the fight side by side with Mark Ratner, and they were talking about it on the uh, <clears throat> broadcast, you don't go down there and do that unless you know you fucked up. Like, you're oh, like, you, you should be sticking by your decision. Nope, I stopped it. He looked rocked. He looked this. No, he went down to see when he really fucked up. What moment, in, I bet you in the back of his mind, he's playing it back. Like, at hey, what moment did I realize that I fucked up? That's exactly oh, what he was looking I, at that video. I can tell you what moment he yeah. realized he fucked up. I was just like, God. As soon as he went, stop, stop, stop. Oh, and no. And he put himself and touched. Yep. Ion, and I looked at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He had that look like, oh God. Now I screwed up. I, I see to me, I believe that maybe I don't you're saying the Virginia um commission is horrible. But are they as horrible as the California Commission? Because I want to know if they would be willing to overturn this given the circumstances. What do you think? No? Are they just as pig headed and stubborn as the California Commission? Well, you, what do you what are you gonna overturn? That he obviously wasn't hurt. How, how? Why'd the ref stop it? I would. Put, I would. I don't know. I don't know how you, John. The educate me. Is the educate everybody armor. on this on this podcast. How can he protest this? Because it was obviously a horrible stoppage. Here, you know, you want to know how it gets overturned? Yes. Yes. By all means, please tell me. <laughs> obviously, you know, we we get an appeal on the fight. Yeah. And in the appeal, Kevin McDonald comes out and says, "I made a huge mistake." Ooh. I thought he was hurt. He wasn't. It was my fault. It was not fair. Yeah. And I think this fight should be overturned. If he does that, they could overturn it. 
but then he potentially will not get any more jobs. Oh, he'll get jobs. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's not going to. This is not going to be the end of Kevin McDonald. You know, Kevin's had, you know, a lot of good fights. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of really good fights that he's done. And he's had some fights, you know, that I didn't agree with. I didn't agree with his stoppage of TJ Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo. He was mm-hmm. early on that. And again, it's when that fight is early and you, you're, you're kind of amped and he, he gets amped. And you can see it in his feet and the way he moves and how he's jerky and, and, and not in complete control of his body. It doesn't mean he, he can't move, but he's amped. And then as things start to escalate because he feels like fighters getting hurt, he comes in and you know, I told him in the Henry Cejudo versus Dillashaw fight, yes, he was hurt. He was. But this is a world title fight with two world champions. Mm-hmm. Okay, his job, I hate to tell you, is partly you're going to get damaged. That is what he goes in there, and he knows that he's putting that on the line. Yeah. But you have got to give a guy in that situation every opportunity to stay in the fight and get himself back. He had gotten to the point where I'm not saying he's going to get that single leg. He's not, probably. But he's got the, oppor- he's got the right to have the opportunity to do it. And to pr- and to have Henry prove, no, that's not going to work. And here I'm hurting you more, or I'm putting you out. You know, everything you know, you've got. Is, this is the same thing as you know. And I've heard maybe this referee say, "I do all fights the same." Well, that would be the fucking problem because not all <laughs> fights are the goddamn same. All right, just the way it is. And in this one. You stopped a fight. I understand why he stopped. He's trying to protect the fighter. He doesn't want the fighter getting hit with that shot that puts him out. That's not your job yeah. in this case. Your job is to protect the fighter when there is actual evidence that he is truly hurt and unable to defend himself. When a fighter is throwing his hands and throwing big shots... And standing on his feet and has not hit the ground, what's his job? To fight back. To do what he's doing. <clears throat> fight back. Yeah. And you've got to give him every opportunity to do that. This is what this was just it's what we call a brain fart. It was a bad call. Okay. So now we've 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 talked about that fight. The other fight that I wanted to talk about, let's get the refs out of the way so we can put this all together. I want to get the refs out of the way. And the reason why I talk about the main event is because not only was it Joe's fight, but let's talk about a couple different. First, um, how do you say his last name? Formigo? Oh. uh, What's that? He, the guy he was fighting. Figueredo. Figueredo. Yeah, there you go. Figueredo. So so fighting him. First, he missed his weight by Mm. four pounds. Two pounds. Two, two and pounds. Half. Okay, so two pounds. That's um, huge. Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Because I, not for title fights, you don't get the one pound allowance. Sorry. So, so no. two pounds. Um, so there was that. He looked physically a lot bigger than Joe when it came into the fight. Oh, I saw my God. Face to face at the face off. I was like, good God, Joe. Oh, bro. You need to, you need to get on. Whatever. I love I yeah. love when you say that. Whenever you see one guy, oh, you're good God. <laughs> good God. <laughs> so now I know every time that you yeah. had a guy that was bigger than you, you were looking at him going, good God. Every, <laughs> every single time, man. It's so funny. I started off my career being like the bigger guy. You hear about like Joe Rogan talking about how big I was when I fought Eve Edwards. Man, he's so big for a lightweight. Yeah. Enormous. Gerald Streepin. Yeah. You're then, bigger. I'm I big. remember. And then I see these guys now. I'm like. 
everything changed. Everything's changed. These guys are enormous. Anyways, um, yeah. So the reason why, and I, I want to rub a little salt in the wound because you know we've had this same conversation actually, and you were on the other side of this. So my fight with Patricky Pitbull, I jump yeah. in. I jump in. We both collide heads. Um, he sits me to my butt. I look at you. I realize you're not going to step in because you didn't see the head. But not not your you fault. You didn't just, look at me. We, I was I looked behind. I, I, I looked. I looked like this to the side. You tried I to see look. you. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I was. I was cross-eyed, probably from the illegal head. But um, you know, and you know, and and we had this. I like to always give you a hard time because that was officially my last fight. You know. Uh, you know. But then um, this similar scenario with Joe with Benavides. Yeah. Yeah. They jump in. Joe causes kind of the head of the clashes of head. Heads. Classic. Unintentional um, clash of head. Very unintentional. You know, accident. But yeah. then they had been talking about it throughout the fight already about how Joe's kind of just dipping his head down. And He's jumping, dipping his head down, yeah. Jumping in. Um, <clears throat> Accidentally clash of heads. Big cut, gash. You could tell he was still kind of rocked. Seconds later, you know, he wipes the blood like you were saying. And then he gets hit with the straight, with the straight right. Straight right. right down the pipe. I mean, I've never right. seen, I haven't seen such a clean knockdown in a long time. I have to actually go back and think Especially about that. The flyweight division. Besides yes. Benavidez oh. against Demetrius when Benavidez was running forward towards Demetrius, but yep. this time he wasn't. Yep. That was a lot of power on that shot for a 125-pound fighter. Well, 127.5 yeah. pounds. So he sat <laughs> very smooth. I saw what you did there. Um, so then he sat under the to his butt, basically second, not even a second went by, and the ref jumped in and stopped it. He's frozen. Okay, I want to know, was the ref first... It, I want to take a dig at you, but I won't. Was the ref in a bad spot? Okay. No. no. Okay. Now, no. when the ref and, sees and, the and head, this is, go ahead. This is why when, you know, it was no different than we talk about fighters and being on the open side of fighters. If there is an open side, sometimes they're both. You know, each fighter has an open side. Yeah. Depending upon their footwork. Okay. Yeah. And when I say that, if we have an orthodox fighter fighting a southpaw fighter. Mm -hmm. Then and you had both of these guys kind of switched back and forth. Yep. Okay. They were they were switching the whole time. But if you have that orthodox versus the southpaw, you have this angle where they're like this. So one side is closed to the referee as far as seeing. So if an inside leg kick comes, you're not going to see where it lands. Yep. Okay. So you always want to be to that open side that shows you the open areas of both fighters, and that can happen well with dan these guys are jumping back and forth so for him to move back and forth he's he's kind of flowing with what they're doing but as they get into that position you can see he's moving and he's moving to change that side when joe comes forward and he's almost close to the same angle i was with you mm -hmm. you guys had moved to a certain point and i was walking around to get to that other side and that's when the head clash comes, yeah. and you you see the guys come together, but you don't actually you know unless it really you see the heads move. Yeah, you know usually a clash doesn't have both heads move. They they both kind of you know come inside. And you can't tell, and I would tell you right at that moment, Dan didn't even know he was cut until all of a sudden he backs off. Yep, and then Dan sees a cut and goes, "Shit, how did that happen? Was that yeah. a clash of heads? Here's your shot, and the fight's basically over." So is it was it out of position by Dan? No, Dan did nothing wrong. Yeah. If Dan had seen that clash of heads, he has a choice. Normally, we see the clash, we see the cut. We're going to say stop time, 
I'm going to give Joe time to clear his head. Mm. I'm going to give Devinson time to clear his head, you know, because he can be more hurt than Joe. He Joe received the laceration. Yeah. But it could be that, you know what, the other fighter, Devinson, he's actually worse off because it rattled his brain. So you give them both time to try to clear, and then you bring the fight back together. But if you don't see it, you're not going to make that call. Yeah. So Dan didn't have time for any of that based upon what occurred. You saw Joe, you know, Joe feels the blood all of a sudden run down. That's when he, re- you know, reaches for it. And, so he, and he knows he's cut. He felt the clash, but he doesn't know if he's cut. Then he feels it, and it's like he's verifying. And he put his hands down, and that right hand just lit him up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I felt bad for Joe. <clears throat> I felt really I bad did. for him because that was that was his third title shot. Um, came up short both times, right? I believe one yeah. was against uh, both of them were against DJ Demetrius Johnson, and then one, yep. then this one here. Yeah, I, it was very upsetting. <clears throat> A little bit of it too, though, was I felt like it was all teed up for him. Everything was about. I felt like the media was, was. all about him. The media was, and they was. were making the push for him, and I can see who, why who because he's fought, such a great who guy. Fought for that title <laughs> fight. Who was the guy, you know, in the fucking media go, saying things about you know Cejudo needs to either you know I beat yep. his ass before he needed to get get back down here and let's do this or you know what get rid of that title and yeah. I want it. He was pushing it, man, and I'm I really am I'm in this position of I'm scared. Yeah. I'm really scared because I knew if Joe won that belt, that 125 division is going to move on. And he had talked about, hey, I, I don't, I'm not even thinking about going anywhere else. Don't want to go. I fought my whole life at 125. I want to fight everyone at 125. I yeah. want to fight the best, the next best guy in line. All of that is great talk and good for the UFC. Mm-hmm. But now, not only did he not win, so you know that that guy's gone basically. But the guy who did win didn't win the belt because yeah. he missed weight. And now seems, and I hate to say it, man, they, you know, the UFC was thinking about getting rid of yep. the flyweight division. They were. And I, I, I give nothing but props to Henry Cejudo, mm-hmm. who absolutely made them hold on to that division. He put on great performances. He wins the belt. He puts on, you know, a Great fight against Marais at Bantamweight, so he kind of keeps interest in that. He's doing all kinds of the, you know, triple C cringe work. Mm-hmm. Cringe you know, work. But, <laughs> hey, man, you know what? It got yeah. people's attention, and it put the thought process and the eyes back on that flyweight division. And now it's floundering. That's a bad place for it to be with a guy that wins the fight and doesn't have the belt. I, it, if there was a time I said, you know, I was thinking, I said, man, the, the worst thing that could happen is now Benavides loses this fight because that could be that division is going to be gone. Yeah. So I hope it doesn't happen. Let me uh, let me educate all you guys at home. Let me tell you exactly where this is going. <clears throat> this <clears throat> this happened with the 155-pound division because BJ Penn and Carl Uno fought to a draw. And after <laughs> that, that fucking weight class was just – basically done then just so happened to be around put the time on, that i put was there on, put on top of that <clears throat> bj and Caluno fought to a draw mm-hmm. and matt sarah and dean thomas fought and they gave the fight to the wrong fighter oh geez they gave the decision win to i think matt sarah when it wasn't that way or it was one way or the other i, I yeah. can't remember now 
but they gave it and they, they announced it to the wrong fighter and they had to come back out and say, no, that fight was, uh, you know, red wrong. And oh, I was geez. like, oh my God, how bad can it get? Man? Yeah. Because that was a tournament. That was <laughs> Dean and Matt were fighting in, you know, their little bracket and BJ and, and Uno were fighting theirs and the winners were going to meet for the title. That didn't happen. I thought I thought the second fight with uh, Uno and BJ was for the championship. It wasn't. It was in the. It was in a nope. bracket. That was a bracket. Oh man, gosh, what a just shit yep. show, huh? Oh, yeah, it was just as as bad as it could get. Yeah, I mean, nothing they could do could make it worse. It was like, oh my god. Nope. And then shortly because after, Jen, go ahead. Jens Pulver had dropped the title. Yep, and had left. You know, and, and at the time, Rightfully Jens was so. making. Oh my God! Yes. Do you know what his contract was? I don't time? know, but do I you know do... what he made for his title fight against BJ Penn. I don't know, but I know that BJ made almost triple what he made. Twenty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. He had eleven and eleven. Eleven wow. and eleven, man, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that's that's horrible. That's horrible. To, I mean, at the time, yeah, yeah it was horrible. But we weren't, make, we weren't making. We weren't making. Getting a lot of calls money. from other referees uh -oh. about that fight. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Oh jeez. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Mike Beltran. Um, shout out to him. I, I love him, man. He, he's very supportive of what we're doing here. I like that. He's always reposting our show. He's always talking about you know things that uh, you he's say great. about them. He's a great guy. Um, not to mention my favorite referee. Um, <laughs> he never hurt you. No, no. Never hurt you like I did, baby. No, no. You broke my heart, man. You cut me deep, Shrek. You I cut did, me real man. deep. I cut me real deep, man. <laughs> you cut me deep, Shrek. You <laughs> cut me real deep. Um, look, we... <clears throat> I would like to say that there would be a way for them to rule out a no contest, but as I've proven with the California State Athletic Commission... They really just like to hear themselves talk about the whole thing, and they never plan on changing it back to an or changing it to a no contest. So, I mean, realistically, he just needs to move on. You know, maybe try to get back uh, that, to a title. That fight shot. is not going to be overturned. Yeah, it won't be overturned. I, I do. I, I wish that the ref would have been in a, not not so much in a better spot to see the headbutt, but in a better spot to say like, "Oh shit!" Obviously, there was no punch that landed during that because both the arms were out. It must have been a clash of heads within seconds. Like you see, once you see blood. Okay, you put two and two together. I know it all happened really fast, but sure. you gotta step in, man, and be like, okay, what just fucking? Ha I don't know. If he, I don't know. What if he's wrong? Maybe it was a shoulder striker. I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Like, what if it was a shoulder that hit and caused a cut? Or what if it was, you know, maybe an elbow grazed or something that caused a cut? It was from a strike, and you stop and check. Guess. You cannot, you cannot guess. guess. And that's no, that's the scenario it, it, of which, you, from a fighter, you're like, you fucked me. But from a from the ref, I can't stuck. stop it. I'm stuck. I cannot stop yeah. it because if I stop it, I'm fucking giving both guys time to recover, or what the guy that's cut time to recover. I, I could be taking a yeah. huge advantage away from a guy that earned it legally, yeah. and just take it away and change the fight unfairly. And so it's if you don't know, and everyone thinks, look, you, you just can't see everything. Yeah, you just can't. It just doesn't happen. You wish you could, and you wish you could always be in that place. There's times when the fighters are moving. You're in the perfect position to see things, and all of a sudden one yeah. takes a step, the other, and all of a sudden something happens, and you're in the worst position to see it because you're trying to move back to that good position. It just happens, and, and this this one's not going to change. It It just happened fast off of it, same as yours did. Yeah. You know, you think, you know, the big difference was yours sat you on your butt. Yeah. And I had actually, after the fight, you know, after I stopped the fight right away, 
you know, while they were still tending to you and Patricky was up on the case, I went to a judge and asked him, hey, was that a clash of heads or was that because he had thrown a left hand? Yeah, yeah. And I could see the left hand, but I couldn't see that it that was what hit you or the head. And he goes, oh, it was left hand. I said, okay. And so I thought, all right, I didn't miss that. Mm -hmm. We're good. And then I'm watching up and I'm watching up on the big screen and I see it and I go, no, that was a fucking clash of heads. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Son of a, and I went, I went right to the commission. I said, Hey, just so you know, they clashed heads. That's what I think started him being hurt. Mm -hmm. I said, he got back up. I said, but he was hurt. And that's why he got finished with the right hand and ended up yeah. putting you down. And yeah. as you know, you, you, uh, I told you, Hey, go challenge it. Yeah. Uh, and all I can do is, you know, tell the truth. The best part was you being Perry Mason. Yeah. During during that whole situation, oh, well. interrogating me, saying, "But John, it. John," and I'm like, "Would you please let me talk?" No, will, absolutely not. I am on not. your side. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I mean, it was very look for but to go on like, to talk about what I went through is it's not the commission itself it's the people on that board that I had a problem with yeah. like uh Andy Foster is absolutely fucking one of the greatest guys I think I've ever met such a nice guy very smart you know don't let the southern accent Super fool smart. you yeah don't Super let the southern smart. accent fool you such yep. wouldn't think when I first met him I remember years and years ago when I first met him he had that southern accent I was like Good God, where, where did this come from? Because, you know, he's he's a pretty stout guy with a bald head, and all of a sudden yeah. that southern accent comes out, and he's very polite and nice, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh shit, <laughs> wow, what a guy. Anyways, um, it's the, it was the board. The people on the board, when they start asking about what's this open hand uh, MMA shows that they're doing, I'm like, it's called Pancrase. She had no idea what the fuck it was <laughs> we were talking about, and I'm thinking to myself, how are you even on this fucking board? Anyways, I can go on and on all day. Uh, yeah. Joseph Benavides and the ref, I mean, just a shitty situation for him, and like he said in the post-fight interview, an absolute fucking nightmare. I feel so bad for him. Because it oh. was the lead up for everything was about him winning. And then first, the fighter doesn't make weight, which now makes that guy bigger. Now it really he's the only one like you felt like it was almost meant to be. He is the only one that can win the title. Oh, it's meant to be. But he's also fighting a guy who didn't make weight, missed weight. So obviously was yep. struggling to make the cut. Shows up in the cage, just enormous. Then they fight. I felt like. I felt like he was losing. He lost the first round, but it was a close round. But I still had him losing. Benavides the first lost the first. Yeah, round. he lost the first round. Yeah. He also come on. He almost got armbarred. Yeah, that's okay, true. He defended yeah, yeah. it well. Defended it well. But there was one point where it got extended. He yep. got himself curly shuffled right out. But he was in trouble. Yep. It was the closest thing. And if you look at, he landed some good shots in that first round. Yes, he did. But so did Devinson, and he landed some big shots. So that's the big difference. First round definitely went to Ben uh, to uh, Figueroa. Figueroa, yeah. Anyways, he had, yeah. I felt like he was coming on at the end of the first round. It looked like Figueroa was getting a little bit more tired. What was the difference? The speed of the hands. I think the speed of the hands. He was actually throwing and his com his combinations. He was Figueroa has to come forward. Oh yeah, yeah. He has to come forward to be successful. And and Joe in the beginning was getting he's getting kind of bullied around, and he yeah. was moving. He's being smart. But when he was able to make Figueroa go backwards, he was winning the fight. Yeah. Not that he, you know, he was able to land shots and he was able to use his footwork to come in and land that overhand right a couple of times, mm -hmm. landed it clean. Yep. 
And when he was going backwards was when he got knocked out. You can just see, though, the difference. I don't know if it was because of the size, but the difference in it power was, there was, right away. The yes, difference is power. Yes. Joe was hitting him with clean shots and he wasn't he was moving. Walking through it. Yeah, he wasn't moving. I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well, man. <laughs> I was like, dude, you got you well, need to just stick and move, stick and move, get in, get out. Man, that's what I, I was just thinking, Joe, just get this thing into the third round. Yep. Get, make him work. Make him come after you. Make him have to. I love the fact that he was going after takedowns. Yeah. And at least making, you know, Figueredo have to think about it, have to sprawl, make him work that way. But this is a guy that had problems making weight. Yeah. He had to really suck himself dry, didn't make it. And so let's get him into the later rounds and then yeah. turn it off. Yep. Because he's bigger and stronger. There's no doubt. Yeah. No, that was it. No, that was I just I just feel really bad about that fight. I feel bad for Joe. <clears throat> Very heart wrenching too. There was a little clip going around of him and Megan Olivia talking between you know, between the cage after the fight. It was kind of just heartbreaking. You know, like you know, the support from her and you know, she works for, you know. Whatever. I love the fact that she did not work that show. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because it showed that you know what? I understand the importance of this to my husband. Yeah, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take away from any of that. I'm not gonna work. I'm gonna be a hundred percent behind him, backing him, there for him. Way to go, Megan. I mean, really, honest yeah. to God, very impressive in my in my mind. I don't want to sound like an asshole. I, I didn't even really notice. I just figured her husband was fighting, so she was just gonna be there fight watching the fight. That's all I figured. Yeah. I just it was in yeah. my mind. Yeah. Uh no, she's she's an absolute doll, man. She's a sweet girl. I've done, you know, talks and conversations with her several times. She's an amazing person. She seems to be an amazing person. Um outside of she that is a Joe, she has to be. Yeah, Joe's a fucking just to put up with him, man. Joe's a great guy. <laughs> the other two fights that I was uh there was a young kid. I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Philip. That kid's very impressive. He has like a very, uh, he was on the prelims. I want to say he was the second to last fight on the prelims or maybe even the last the fight. I didn't see the prelims, so I'd, oh, be, sorry. I'd be lying. I'm a God, bad person. God, I can't remember his name. Something Kyler. Was it? Kyler. Tyler Philip. Kyler. Kyler. The kid was, very, he fought a kid named Silva. Something. Uh, Gabriel Silva. Yes. Gosh, man. He... He has a lot of wasted movement with the way he moves around. A lot of spinning heel kicks, spinning back kicks. But in the end of the first round, I was like, oh, dude, you look like you're going to get tired. And as the fight went on for three rounds, he had the same energy in the third, but he was just dominating the fight over. Because Silva was very defensive, walking him down, and but had his hands up. Wasn't really getting hit with anything too clean in the first round. You could tell that Phillips started getting a little bit, looked like he was getting a little bit tired from all the wasted energy and movement in the first. But then in the second, or the end of the first, he was able to get a takedown. And then in the second, he was able to dominate from the beginning to end. I was like, good heavens. This fight looks good. Like he, the kid just looked fluid on his feet, looked good on top position, good wrestling. He was jockeying for a bunch of positions. Like, I, I know, I know we, I get a lot of flack, you know, everyone's like, oh, he just fucking, all he does is ride Bellator, nut hug, this and that. I look for guys like him though. I gotta Doesn't tell matter. you, I know. But you, but no matter what you do, you're going to get that. I'm going to so get like it regardless. True, but yeah. I, look, I don't want to, I, I want people to understand. I look for guys like that. When I'm looking at oh, young, yeah. talented guys, I look for guys like that. When I looked at Oliver Encamp over in Ireland, that kid to me is like something special that has a chance to be somebody special at a young age, still working well, you know, his way Oliver up. 
You know Oliver fought in the UFC. Yeah, yes, yes. But okay. obviously extremely young, though, when he did. Yeah. Yeah, now he he's ready. finally coming into his own. I mean, th that's how the hype and the expectation was. This kid, Phillip, though, he fought a very smart fight, a very aggressive fight. I think sometimes when guys come in at a young age, they're they're just happy to be there. They don't realize that you need the the adrenaline dump is for real. You need to be in the best shape you possibly can. And you also need to focus on slowing your heart rate down and training. So when you get into that fight between rounds, that first and second round, that you know how to ease your mind, ease, you know, and listen to your coaches and quarter, not be caught up in the moment and be overwhelmed, like, oh shit, I gotta do this. Oh shit. No. Let the fight progress in front of you. He just did everything. And I was like, this kid's he I think he's got a chance to be something special. Maybe I'm wrong, you know, like, but huh. I think I think he he was extremely talented. I like I said, I didn't even really know what his first name was, but I was I was watching the prelims and I was like, this kid's really good. He's good everywhere. And the guy he fought looked like he was no slouch. He just didn't have the, like he just he was trying to walk him down. He was getting hit with some clean shots, especially in the second and third. He got hit with a lot of good shots and got taken down and just dominated from the top position, you know. But it, it's hard to get it's hard to keep that pace when someone's just putting all their weight on you. I thought it was a great fight by him, and I wanted to give him a little props and heads up. His name was Kyler. You said. Yeah, so Kyler Phillips, great job, great performance. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I'll be keeping an eye out for him. He was very impressive. I liked him a lot. Yeah, one of the things that you said that is so true, you cannot be happy with getting there. Nope. It's about staying there. It's about when you get there, where are you going to go? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you got to have those bigger goals. And then one goal to get there, great, that's done. But now it's stepping up to the next one. And, and some guys are, are just happy getting there. And that's not going to be enough because you're not going to stay there. I've, I've got to have an idea of I need to learn how to not only be here, I need to learn how to fight here and how to be relaxed and how to be my best. So it's an absolute true statement by you. Yeah. Because there's I, pressure, man. Yeah. Incredible pressure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I see it a lot. I have a lot. I have a. I had a lot of friends that were when I was younger, obviously, when I was younger, that were in college. You had friends? Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. Are you shitting you know? me? I think, like, my dad God, My dad said I'd only have five, you know, when I got to his age, and it's pretty much true now. No, I'll do this. I, might, <laughs> I, I think got there's the same talk, man. Two of, two of them in the room right now with me. Two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, they... Normally, like, when I had... Like, my friends, in, when they were in college, they left, they got drafted to the NFL, and they were just happy to be there. And you could just yeah. tell within two years they were out. Three years they were out. Yeah. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, all they did was they talked about it all the time. They were at nightclubs still every week. You know, they were, they were just being around yeah, people that, so they could tout about Living the, the fact life. they were in the NFL versus, versus playing, you the know, part. playing the part. Being, like, not being, being at the, the club, part. you know? So, yeah, I see it all the time. And I see it with the younger fighters, you know, of this generation, more so than the, uh, than the older generation. The older generation, sure, we went out and party, but it was normally after the fight. But they stuck their nose to the grind because they had no money back then. You know, back in the day, there was no money involved. As we were talking, Jens Pulver, $22,000, yep. world, yep. world title fight against BJ Penn. Yeah, yep. Yep, you got to remember when I fought Eves Edwards, we, that should have been for the lightweight world title, and I made eight and eight, and I lost that fight, so I only made eight grand. Everyone, and I was the number one guy in the world, so I was ranked number one. Uh, Eves was number two. It's like one of those scenarios where you just you can't. It was, and to me, honestly, eight grand. I was fucking like rich at the time because I was so poor. Oh, but then know? again, okay, let's be honest. At the time, yeah, the UFC was losing huge yeah. money. Yep, Lorenzo Fertitta ended up being not well. 
44 million in the hole and Jeez. then 54 million in the hole when he paid for the first ultimate fighter Jeez. and paid for the time. Yeah. So when you say eight, you know, eight and eight and people go, what? Yeah, man, there was no money, man. You know, the, the thing was going broke. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there was that. There was uh, there was that. The two the Philip, uh, Kyler Philip. I wanted to give him props. Cheers to him. Good. Good job on your fight. Good job on your win. Uh, the other the other two fights I was actually. Yes. Spencer, let's talk about her. And Megan Anderson. Both those girls had good performances. Uh, but Yo, Felicia's, who had the better performance? I would say Felicia Spencer. Fucking a, dude. Yeah, I, I cannot even believe that they are talking about putting Megan Anderson in a title fight against Amanda Nunez. She is going to get starched. Yeah. Okay. And she's already gotten beat down by Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer took her down and toyed with her. Does anyone remember these fights? Yeah. Come on. Yep. Yeah, if Megan Anderson can't stop the takedown, it's no no good for her. Amanda is got good wrestling. Yep. She nope. proved that against Jermaine. Okay. Yep. If you if you want to go back just a little bit of time. All right. She's proved it against other people, but her last fight, instead of being that stand up striker, she said, Oh, I think I'll put you into a world that's not good for you. Yeah. And she will do that with Megan Anderson and she will do exactly what Happened to Megan Anderson with Felicia Spencer. She will get ground and pound to the point that she is just mush. Yep. And I'm not saying anything bad about Megan. I love Megan. She's a she's a tough fighter. She's a great girl. But Felicia Spencer is the one. If you're looking at that chance, Felicia put in one hell of a fight against Cyborg. Yes, she did. Man, she put in a hell of a fight because she took some huge shots and never stopped. No nope. once. Never backed down, never gave up, came out of this fight, dominated. If you're going to put that featherweight title on the line and have Amanda yeah. defend it, Felicia Spencer's the one. Yeah, I I remember I go back to the Cyborg fight. I had Felicia winning one of the three rounds in that fight. I was thinking to myself. The first round where she cut her with the elbow? Possibly. I can't, I can't remember really. I just do remember that I had Felicia winning one of the rounds. I couldn't remember which okay. one, but I mean, it was, I, I still had Cyborg. That was the only win. one she could Yeah. I had still had Cyborg winning the fight, but I had Felicia uh, oh, winning a round. Cyborg won the fight yeah. easily. Cause yeah. there was, there was actually 10, eight rounds in there. Oh, was there? Okay. Yeah. She, come on, look at the damage she yeah. took. Now she was tough. She's tough as nails. Damn. She was tough, man. And I, I love her, man. I think she is. I think, you know, Unfortunately for the, you know, featherweight division with women in the UFC, there's just no depth. No. You've got three basically and one goes off to bantamweight all the time and she's the champ. Yeah. You know, and there's just no one they they need more. The, the girls that they're bringing in, the women that, you know, like you saw Megan fight and Felicia fight, they're just not of that level. No. That, you know, they're going to be competition for that title right now. Yeah. I'm not saying they can't get better. They can, but right now it's, they're just not there. Yeah. I would like to see them wrap up the featherweight division and then those girls could go to Bellator. I just, <laughs> <laughs> we've got Julia Budd. We've got Cyborg. We've got, um, what's the other good girl that we have? Oh, my. Kat Zingano. Yeah. Kat Zingano. Come we, on. I'd like to Arlene, see Arlene Blenko, who's just a, 
a beast on her feet. Sinead Kavanaugh, who will stand and bang with anyone. Leslie Smith. There you go. Come on, man. Yeah, I saw like to see that. And if you put Felicia killers. Spencer in there, you put maybe even Jermaine Deronomy in there. If they get rid of that division, because Jermaine's not going back down to... 35? 35. She's staying at 45, yeah. yeah. So yeah. when I had talked to her through uh, DM, she, she slid in my DM. <laughs> so she, we, had talk, <laughs> we had talked, and she's like, yeah, she, she feels good at 45, and she, she's she got some power there. And, I, you know, if they got if they ever dig, I don't think they'll get rid of the division because they want to keep those fighters away from other shows. Um, I don't know. You know, they, they, they're so good at the Bantamweight. Yeah. They have so many fights that, they're, that you can match up and so many good fighters. It, you know, a little bit of it got split with when they did the the straw weight and they brought in the 125 because they didn't have the 125. Yeah. You know, they, they started out with the bantam weights, then they brought in the straw weights and uh, had, you know, the 115 pound and had the gaps, no 145 and no one 125. But, you know, they fill in, but the, the, they just have not been able to create this division mm-hmm. in the, in the featherweights that is got a, you know, a loaded roster. And they're mm-hmm. in fact, I mean, not not even loaded. Just it's weak. Yeah, you know, couple yeah. of good fighters. I, I think I think Megan's a good fighter. I think Felicia's a phenomenal fighter. I think only going to get better. Yeah, and obviously Amanda being the champ, you, know, you got to put her there. She's the double champ. But other than that, they just don't have it. Yeah, they've got three. They've got Jermaine. They've got uh, Megan, and they've got Felicia, and that's it. Then they've got the champ. See, but when, when Jermaine fought Amanda, that wasn't at one forty five. I that thought was it was at forty five. No, it's one thirty five. That was at Bantam. No, because yeah, Holly, because Holly and Jermaine fought at forty-five for the title of there. Yes, yes, long ago, and then Jermaine went back down, same as Amanda's gone down and up. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that that was. I want to kind of fight you on that. Okay, and then Dave, think about when's the, when's the last Dave, time she would have fought the bantamweight. Podcast Dave, find it. Finding it right now. Come on. Amanda Nunez versus Jermaine. Jermaine Deronomy, the last fight. I believe it was a featherweight fight. I don't think so. I don't think Jermaine wants to make 35 anymore. I think that was her biggest. She does. I don't no, no, blame I don't her. think she did, though. I don't think she did. She's she's mm. a big lady. She is. She's tall. Bantamweight. What is it? Yeah, Bantamweight. Ah! You son of a bitch. And once again. <laughs> son of a gun. Everyone, everyone at home listening, calm down, guys. Calm down. Yeah, this it's is the very, only time I've been right, right? Yeah, it's it's very few and far between, you guys. Oh, calm no, it's Calm down, calm down. Okay, so let's talk. This this weekend's fight coming up. Like, Look, last weekend's fight, they were, they I thought I felt like they outpunted the coverage. They, they did really, it was a really good card considering that, not a lot of people had heard about it. They didn't really even know outside of the the Benavides fight. Which outside other, of the Benavides fight, yeah, yeah. What other fights were on the card? But it ended up being a pretty good card, man. There was a there I mean, outside of the referees drama and you know you guys you know the refs, the refs not doing their jobs you know things like that. This time we can't blame we can't blame the judges. This time we got to blame the refs. We can blame hey, some on, of the commission people. Some of the commission. Okay. You want to hear something on the judges and uh, last night's stuff? Let me hear. There was five ten seven rounds. By judges. Wow. Now, you um, want to know why? Not because the fights actually got 10-7 based upon an actual round that was completed. The Virginia Athletic Commission makes the judges score or fill out the card completely and put a score even when it was a KO, a TKO, whatever. <laughs> really? Tell me, is that not... Is it, Hello, is that not stupidity in action 
So it's you like you're, you're making the judge put a score. There is no score. The fight was finished. So you don't dumb. need the judge. The fighter made the fucking call. That's the so fighter dumb. decided it. Dumb. Oh, my God. You know, so I got I got this text from three of the major judges, you know, from uh, big MMA fights. <laughs> you know, Sal D'Amato, Derek Cleary, Chris Lee. Say, wait, we all had five, ten, seven rounds. Said, what? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, the, the, the Athletic Commission made us freaking score the rounds on fights that were finished. Wow. I go, oh, my God. That's so dumb. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Amateur hour. Of Clueless. <laughs> Total. Bellator has talked about, like, doing, like, uh, small shows or smaller cities like that, but I can see that this could potentially be a problem going into smaller cities like this. And I think, is that sometimes a reason why fight promotions, especially big fight promotions like UFC, Bellator, you know, don't like to go to small cities? It's not so much the small cities and, and what, you know, I'm telling you right now <laughs> for so long, Josh, you know, <sighs> there was this whole thing of, you know, I was working with the UFC Well, in the beginning, I was contracted by the UFC because there was no athletic commissions involved. And then the athletic commissions got involved in this whole thing about, well, we have our own guys. And, you know, the UFC would say, well, we would like to, you know, at least bring a couple of people that we believe in. And so that became a problem because these commissions were very much into, no, we have our guys. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I was I was brought there into a lot of them. And then sometimes, you know, you try to do things that help their people because, you know, they've, they've done a lot of lower level fights and you help them out by giving them information or critiquing them on something, giving them a little bit of a tidbit of something that's going to make them better. And so they, then they kind of go, okay, it's all right, but we'll bring, you know, just, you know, him or him. And then things just escalated to the point where finally, you know, it was like, well, we, you know, we, we just can't bring people. Well, you're not, you're charging the UFC. They pay for it or Bellator pays for it. And so they're asking for it and they're asking for it for a reason this is their business and again you are there to supplement and help create a good environment for that business so when they ask for a specific fighter you know or a specific referee or specific officials and they say we believe in this person the commission should be going yeah absolutely i see that they're one of the top you know officials out there well, now, based upon things that have been happening, referees have been pretty good, except for what occurred last night. That was just a bad mistake. But judging has been under, you know, my God, it's under fire when it's because commissions are doing this same thing about, oh, we want to work our people. So there's there's an actual thing that's going to be put out in the ABC that they're going to be they're talking about. And they're trying to get past. Hey. These are the top. In fact, it's your guy, Andy Foster. Yes. These are the top officials. If you're not using one of them in these two major shows, and he's saying the UFC and Bellator, then when something bad happens, you know that it's because of you. And when everyone comes after you, even I being a executive director, I'm going to say, yeah, they screwed up. Yeah. And it's not going to be people covering butts. It's, Here's the best people if you're not using them. So hopefully that's going to help. You know, that's, you know, even the best people can make mistakes. Yes, of course. You know, they're human, but they have a track record that shows that 
the percentage of them screwing up is going to be very small comparatively. So if you're going to a smaller market, you know, I'd look at, you know, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Nashville has got Michael Chandler. Mm -hmm. All right. So would that be good for Bellator to go to Nashville? Yes, it would be great for Bellator to go to Nashville. But who is the officials in Nashville? Now, I know a couple of them. I've worked with them. They're great guys. But Bellator is going to want to bring in guys like Jason Herzog and Mike Beltran to referee and Mike Bell to judge and Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary. They're going to want to bring in those guys because that's what's going to help their product. That's what's going to be what's going to make it. So, yes, they're going to this place that it's a big city, but that commission doesn't do high-level fights all the time like in the state of California or in the state of Nevada. So let us bring these people in so they can not only help your people, but we can get the scores and the officiating that we need to be successful. Tennessee will do it, you know, and that's what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. That's how you help progress the sport. Yeah. So we should be going to smaller places. It's important. Yeah, I, I like the idea. I think because if you look at kind of what the UFC is doing as well, as well as like some of our shows that we've done, like Pachanga and uh, Windstar, <clears throat> I think that the big model of outside of the Conor McGregor fight and, you know, outside of the big, big fights, the T-Mobile arena, all those venues, the SAP arena, we've kind of, it's got to the point now where there's so many fights, people just aren't going to come. There's no. fights every weekend, sometimes two, yeah, two or three fights a weekend. I think they've got to downsize it. All the venues, you know, pretty much everyone's fighting in like 10, 11,000 square foot venue or not square foot, but uh, seat venues now. You know, I think I think Mandalay Bay is probably like the perfect venue for it now outside of the big fights because there are 10,000 or 11, I think, or something like that. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I just it's, it's just not it's not it's not there's just so many like you said, saturated market. There's just so many fights going on. I mean, like there was one fight this weekend people didn't even know about. And then now we've got Israel Adesanya and Joel Romero. That fight happening. <clears throat> you know, and that fight, I, I don't, I, where's the fight going to be at? Uh, T-Mobile. Vegas, yeah. Vegas, Vegas T-Mobile. T-Mobile. That's yeah. a fight, though, that I feel it will do well there. That could be the fight. You know, you look and you go, that's but a T-Mobile type of fight. But it's borderline, though. I, I bet you they probably only get about 13,000, 14,000 seats. I don't think they no, sell out. I don't think they'll out. get that many. You don't, you don't, don't think, think they'll, they'll get that many? I don't think it'll sell out. No, I don't That's think... a tough one. Based upon the fact that Conor McGregor bought Cowboy in January there. Yeah. Okay? And it sold out. You know, people are looking, and unfortunately, I don't even know if that fight was made at that point, but they're looking and they're going... Wow, that's a that's the big fight, and so then they spend all this money. Yeah, a lot of people spend money going, traveling, hotel room, ticket costs. Yeah, and they look and they go right away in March, and that's the person right away is going, can't do that. So there's just a person that is a normal buyer for you will say, I'll watch it on TV, but I, I can't put out the money to go there. Then not only that, but then you've got International Fight Week in July, which is not far exactly. away. And people that's, are like, well, was, shit. That's the next thing I was going to talk about, and they've already got these other ones that people know. Oh, that's a destination I want to go to and I want to be at. Yep. Especially in March when the weather starts getting a little bit nicer. Or not March, uh, July. The weather's July. nicer. No, it's not nicer. It's freaking boiling. Well, for people that like <laughs> yeah. to sit at the you know the, the beach parties or the whatever they're called. The pool parties. The cabanas. Yeah. The cabanas. Yeah, spend thousands of dollars for a bottle that's cost 28 bucks oh, at the store. Um, <laughs> Grey Goose. Yeah. I've been, I, just years of doing it. I'm thinking to myself, man. 
You wasted so was much money on just I dumb shit. Yeah. Even when the bottles were free, they weren't really free. They're never <laughs> free. <laughs> They're never free. Never you free. You're like, yeah, I didn't buy. I, you are paying I, for it. Trust four me. bottles. I had four bottles. And it didn't cost. They didn't cost me anything. But guess what? The tip was like 800 bucks. <laughs> it was like, yes. you're still out the money, man. Oh, I just man. look back at my life and I'm like, damn, you wasted I used a to lot do those. And then finally I got to the point. I said, why am I doing this? Yes. Yes. Yep. Sorry. Exactly. I'm done. Um, so let's, let's, so we brought it, so I brought it up. We, we talked about it a little bit. It's, uh, Israel and, uh, and, uh, Romero. Yeah. The, the real question here is I, I think Romero has, it's hard to say because I don't, I don't know if they're going to call it his fight with Luke was supposed to be for the title interim title. Mm. Right. But he didn't make weight if you remember. Yeah. But, you know, he's had the fight against, he had two fights against Whitaker for the championship. And he had that fight that he was supposed to be, I don't, so I don't know if they're going to say that he's, uh, you know, got a win in the title fight because he wasn't able to win the title because he got the win. He knocked Luke out, but he's 0-2 in real title fights, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. looking at it. And so this is going to be, an, and coming off of a loss, actually. In his last fight, it's uh, interesting to see what's going to happen with this, you know, this matchup. But you can never count out an athlete and a monster like Yoel Romero. I understand why Israel Adesanya looks and goes, "I want, I want to fight that guy." Now, in some ways, I look at that. I understand it. In some ways, I look and go, "You're freaking, you're nuts. stupid, you're crazy." <laughs> like, exactly. What are you doing? Yeah, well, but I mean, if you're if you're the guy and you're the champ and you say, I want to say, dude, I fought everybody. Mm. Well, then that guy's the one of the guys that you look at and you go, you know, he's he's the guy that everyone looks at and goes, I don't think I want to fight him. You know, Michael Bisping, I loved as a fighter. I think he was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I thought he was so smart in staying away oh, from Yoel Romero. Yeah. I go, that's why Bisping is a smart man. You know? Yeah, what's his name last night said it perfectly. I think his name is Anthony Smith. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he said it perfectly last night. Good he guy. Said, he said, Yoel is the guy you don't want to fight, but the guy you have to fight. Yeah. You know, because you have to fight him to prove that you're the best. You have to yep. fight him to, sh you know, to be the champion. You have to fight him. If you don't, everyone's going to be like, oh, you ducked that yeah, guy. Yeah, but, but you didn't fight You Yoel didn't fight Romero. Yoel Romero. He's that guy. You don't want to fight him. But you have to fight him. And Izzy, I think, That's is it. right now confidence level is at an all-time high. And fighting is 90%. I feel like 90, 95%, you know, confidence. That's really what it yep. comes down to. If you're winning and feeling good, like all your shit's working, you're in your stride. Better no better time to fight someone like Yoel Romero. But the one thing that that does concern me when I, I talked to Luke after his fight. Luke had talked to me, and I we'd heard also too from uh, Whitaker on their first fight. He's like, "You don't get it." When I kicked Whitaker, said it. Luke said the same exact thing. Leota Machida said it. Did he say the same thing? Every time I kick him, <laughs> oh yeah, he's like, it was like kicking a fucking steel iron pole. He's all, it hurt me more than it hurt him. He's like, even if I kicked his thigh, even not without him checking, he's like. It hurt. It hurt everything about. He's like, I don't know what it was or what happened or what he does for his body, but it hurt. That scares me. If I'm yeah, they're, Izzy, they're if, that, if I'm Izzy, guys. I'm freaking out a little bit. If I'm Izzy, 
because you definitely got to strike to win that fight. There's certain guys, and I, and I don't know what it, Dan Henderson was one of these guys hmm. that they're made out of something different than the average man. And Yoel is that guy. If you grab a hold of Yoel, and I have, you know, in, in a lot of different times, you know, just hugging him or whatever, and you go, oh my God. Yeah. You're a freaking rock. Yeah. You are, there's no give. And Dan Henderson, it was like that. Yeah. And Dan Henderson, you would, you would tie it, you know, I would screw around with him and I'd grab him and go, Jesus no. Christ, man. Do you, are you made of skin? Because yeah. it is like grabbing a, grabbing a tree yeah it has that same feel there's no and give none <clears throat> you know not only no give it's like you hit it and it's like hitting hard wood or hard steel it's like it just it makes a sound that you go that's just not normal yeah and i he is that guy for he's 40 what 42 years 42, old now. yeah and he is just a genetic freak you know, that that's the guy that had neck surgery. And you, you take a look at his neck when he moves his head. He yeah. doesn't have a lot of range of motion, mm -hmm. you know, and he is. The, the, I think that's the only thing that's ever you know been hurt on his body. And you take a look at it and it looks like a tree trunk, too. Yeah, you know, he's just he's a freak. Yeah, that's nasty. I mean, like and to talk on Dan, like <laughs> we were in Hawaii with Dan for the last Bellator uh, card that was in Hawaii. <laughs> and man, <clears throat> every time I shook his hand, his hands are like that really hard leather oh yeah <laughs> it's like and he shakes your his, hand and his just face like, is that hard leather it's man. Just like oh man <laughs> i just put i had put out a, a picture of dan when he was young mm -hmm. you know fighting young when he was fighting for raw i think he was it was ufc somewhere around ufc 17 or something he was fighting in the tournament and he looks so young he's got this you know funky look on his face and you go Okay, take a look at that guy right there. That, that's a guy that came from Olympic wrestling. Yeah. And now let's take a picture of him now. That's what fighting does to you. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy, man. He's, he's awesome, awesome, man. He's He's oh, been one of my man. longest standing friends uh, in the sport. I want to say he's he, fantastic. he was one of the judges. Him and Randy Couture and Matt Lindland were the judges um, for my fourth fight out there in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. I fought on a card there. Chael Sonnen was on the undercard. Uh, and Nate Quarry was on the undercard. Trevor Prangley was on the undercard. I was like the co-main well, event. Or the that's some good event. fighters in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I ended up being the best one out of them. But. Oh, Jesus <laughs> gotta, Excuse me. I, I'm dry. It's getting deep in here. It's getting deep in here. Bunch of shit. Bunch of shit. Um, look, the Izzy thing concerns me because a couple hard kicks, couple leg checks, couple whatever it is, and if it hurts as bad as everyone says it does, and I'm sure maybe he's prepared for, but I mean, guys like Whitaker, they're not small, you know, and the fact that he, he likes to kick, he likes to box, but even he walked out going, God, man. And Luke is, Luke was never the same. Luke was no. never the same. His legs, his shin was never the same after that fight. He had a gash in his shin that he had to have skin grafts on after that fight because he had, he had punctured such a huge hole in his shin from those from him checking or him blocking with his elbow, whatever it was. Luke couldn't kick for even to this day. I don't think Luke his last fight he couldn't couldn't really kick. So he came out through a couple hard ones, hoping that that Jan would uh, would like okay okay those are hard you know and back away. It didn't work, but Luke never was the same after that. You know after after that Yoel Romero fight with his body, his physical, his leg kicks, his and that was a big part of his game. And if something oh. like that happens with Izzy. Luke Rockle had had great kicks. Yes, you know people that 
you want to talk about one of his greatest weapons, the ground. He was way better than people realize. Yeah. He was so good on the ground and his kicks, he could throw a variety of kicks and he was accurate with them. Yep. That was the thing that was amazing with Luke. His hands were good. Not saying they weren't good. They were good, but his kicks, yep. man, he could throw a question mark kick like just beautifully. Yeah. He just left his hands down too much. So that was the only, that was one of the yeah. biggest things that led up to a lot of his, his issues in fighting. Uh, but regardless, I'm talking more of a, is he, is he, he's got to keep this on the feet, which he will. But how much damage will he take by delivering damage to someone like Yoel Romero? And will it hurt? Sure will, it hurt. will it change as the fight, as the five round fight, 25 minutes? We yeah. saw uh, Paul Acosta do a great job. He seemed like he was fine walking out of there. I'm sure he was banged up pretty damn oh, hard the next up. day. But he looked like he, none of that stuff bothered him during the fight. But that was a damn good fight. Jesus. Damn, man. it was a dude. I'll that tell you was, what. And. You would take a look at that third round. Yoel Romero was coming after yes. Paulo Costa. Because yep. Paulo did a lot of good work early. And as the fight went into that third round, which yeah. is the thing that is the thing that concerns me when he gets that title shot, he's got to get not only into that third round, then it comes your championship rounds. Yep. But Izzy, the, the simplest way I can look at it, when Izzy won the interim belt, who did he beat? Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Kelvin Gastelum is my Roberto Duran of MMA. He is just a down and dirty, in your grill, go after it, heavy-handed, tough son of a bitch. That fight was one of the best fights I've ever seen him compete in mm -hmm. against Izzy, and Izzy won that fight. And Izzy did it in the fifth round. Mm -hmm. He put an absolute whooping on Kelvin. So... There's no doubt. Izzy is built. He's built for fighting. He's long. He's tall. He's got great reach. Yoel's going to have to really be coming in hard, and Izzy's got to make him pay. But Izzy is, that guy is so good, so tough. You know, like I said, I've done him in, in kickboxing. I never was able to referee him in MMA, but that guy is special. I'm going to give you a, I know MMA math doesn't add up, but Yoel, Kevin Gaslam is no Yoel Romero. And the fact that that fight was, was, that fight, I know, the fact that that fight was a little bit close, go, you said going into the fifth round, that, but Yoel is not that guy. Yoel, and okay, you, here, let me reverse this for okay, you in your see. MMA math. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out Yoel there. Yoel like Romero just, went, went 10 rounds this is me. with this Robert is me. Whitaker. You yeah, see of this? Course. This is me. I'm just <laughs> 10 rounds with Robert Whitaker. <clears throat> the mm -hmm. first time. He had actually hurt Robert Whitaker's knee in the first round or so. Robert Whitaker went through it and wins a decision against yeah. him. He comes back, and I thought Yoel won the second one, I'll be honest. Okay. But it was a close fight. Yoel did the damage, and that's why I would have given him the fight. But he he ends up not winning that one either. And what did you see Israel Adesanya do to Robert Whitaker? Yeah, different styles. Okay, Yoel, that's the whole point. Yeah, That's why MMA math doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know this. I just wanted to stir the pot and see what your response yeah, you would are. be. <clears throat> no one's ever accused me of that, but, you know, I wanted to make sure <laughs> people understood what I was doing. Um, yeah, I think that I let, let me ask you this then. Where does yeah. it go? Let's just say Izzy wins. Where does it go after that? Do we see Paul Acosta fight him next because he really is the number one contender, but he's coming off of injury? You have to. Or we see Darren Till kind of in that mix now. Where do we Come on, not Darren yet? Till not yet. 
let's be honest. What What's the record on Paulo Costa? No idea. Borachina is what? Undefeated. Oh, is he? Undefeated. He's a good-looking, marketable guy. If I'm the UFC, Holy I'm licking shit. my chops, going, "Damn, Come on, man. let's go, man! I'm ready to, I'm ready to make some money off your back." He's the, he's the second coming of freaking Luke Rockhold, as far yeah. as he's a goddamn Ralph Lauren model, basically. Yeah, he's got a freaking look. He's got a body. Fucking, he fights like a goddamn monster. He's got it all. Yeah, I am not sure he's a good matchup with Adesanya, though, because of where his strength lies and where Adesanya's strength lies and the way they're different in it. I could be proven wrong, but I just look and I go, he's got power. He's got the ability to hurt people because I've been in there with him when uh, you know he's definitely put the wood to people. Mm -hmm. But Adesanya is not that easy to hit. No, he's pretty good defensively, man. He understands, you know, timing. It's huge. So that's that's where I think you got to go. Izzy does not want to be on the bottom of Yoel Romero. And I oh think my God. If, Yoel, if Yoel pushes the action where he stays inside the boxing range, I think he's got a good chance of getting to the takedown or at least catching uh, Izzy with some shots to possibly put him down. I mean, we've seen the power. He possesses the power and knockout power if he can get in close enough. He just doesn't use his reach and range as as well as he could. But he's also very explosive. We saw it with the Wyden fight. We just walked out, shoo, looked like Superman <laughs> through the air. I mean, like, jumped up, ba-ding. It was effortless to him, you know. Oh. Um, and so that, and then like you see with the Rockhold, I even I want to say it was the was it the Brunson fight, Derek Brunson fight, where he finished Brunson in the third after losing the first two rounds, I believe. Yep. Yep. I mean, just he can turn it on and off whenever he wants. <clears throat> he's also one of those guys that just kind of like cruises through rounds doesn't, he does yeah. he just doesn't care it seems like but you know he does <laughs> he just pace, he he controls pace in every fight you've got to push him in the pace and that's what i think adesanya needs to do he has to push yoel past that comfort zone because if yoel is able to just stay at his he almost makes it look like i'm lazy out here yeah and he's allows him to just be comfortable in the fight. Then it's going to get harder as those rounds go on because he's got gas. You've got to push him and make him to where he's not comfortable. Yeah, because he is a fast twitch muscle fiber athlete, and if he can't control the pace, he starts to tail off. So it's he, it's all about who's able to control that pace. He does tail off, but he always seems like he recovers. It's almost like he's playing possum. You don't know if he's tailing no, off he or if he's playing possum. It's one of those like in the in the Paul Costa fight. He looked like he was like taking time like he was tired and exhausted, but then he stepped it up in the third round and was pushing the pace and he was the one doing yep. trying to get after it. Maybe because he thought he was down or knew he was down or whatever it was, but I thought it was a close fight. What? It was anyone's fight to win in the third, and he went out there and went after it. <clears throat> um, that concerns me, though. Like trying to, I want to say it was, was it, did he fight Jacare or was it Machida? Yeah. He Once fought, he got it, we've talked Machida. And when he got on top, he had the takedown. When he got on oh, top, was it was Machida. like, yeah, like two or three strikes, and the I fucking fight was done. Oh, dude, he done. hit him with an elbow that just starched him. Oh, you know, but he, that And you look, and he was fighting Machida on the feet the entire fight, yeah. you know, and just... You look and you're going, why do you not use the skill that brought you to the game? And finally he, and he takes him down, done. Fight was you done. Go, Holy Christ, that was fast. It was almost like, yeah. like, it almost felt like he was just trying to get some minutes in in the, in the cage. Like right. I was like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you standing with him? Why? And then he just grabbed him and threw him down and the fight was done over quick. Yeah, just ragdolled him down and just, and I was like. 
I, I don't want to compare Machida with Izzy, but it, uh, Machida's really good at using his footwork to stay out of the wrestling positions. Yeah. Izzy will sometimes get caught up in the exchanges a little bit and leave himself right there to be taken down. And with that level of wrestling from Yoel, I mean, we're going to see if he knows how to get up off the bottom. We're going to see if he can get up multiple times. Because if Yoel gets him down two or three times, it becomes harder and harder to get up. I think Yoel's got to get him down early and often in the first two rounds. Make, as much make, as possible. Make Izzy pumble, make Izzy's arms slow down, make his kicks slow down, make everything work a lot more than he would normally get used to. Um, you know, in an MMA fight, he's been able to to do the things he's wanted to do, keep things keep things on the feet away from some guys that just don't have the level of wrestling of Yoel Romero. Not many people do, but you know what I mean? Yes. Like <laughs> it's he's going to have to he's going to have to make sure that he doesn't get caught up in exchanges with Yoel. He's got to stay away and circle and make sure that the, he doesn't end up on his back. And especially a lot early and often in the in the first two rounds. There's only one guy in, in MMA that's got a higher level of wrestling than Yoel Romero. Henry Cejudo. Cejudo. That's it. So yeah, the, the big question is, though, will Yoel threaten the takedown? Because, you know, like you talked about, just the threat of it yep. is going to make Izzy have to do things a little different. Yep. Just that threat. Is he going to at least give the threat? Is he going to actually go for the attempts? That's the question because you never know with him because he has turned into a guy that likes to stay on his feet. You know, again, two rounds against Lyoto Machida, all on the feet. Yeah. So we'll see what other fights are on that card. I know that that card's pretty. Joanna. Joanna. Oh, yeah. Joanna against Wing Jing, Zhang Wing. Weili Zhang. Weili Zhang. Weili Zhang. I think Weili Zhang beats her up and knocks her out. Man, I tell you, I don't think she knocks her out. I don't. I'm sorry, man, but Rose Namajunas, I think, has found a way to find her chin, and I think the is she Chinese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think she, I think she, if she touches Joanna's chin several times, I think the fight. Joanna just, <clears throat> I, I think she's fucking phenomenal. I love you. I, I love watching her fight. I think she her chin's a little suspect. I think after the last couple, uh, not last couple fights, but nah, man, she she went five rounds with Valentina. Yeah, after the Rose Namajuna stuff, you know, she got beat, but yeah. she got beat by Valentina in Muay Thai also. So you look and you go, she's still there. Now she, you know, she talked about having some personal issues and things okay. like that. This fight is going to say a lot. Okay, I think this fight says it all, and it it, it says it all about both ladies in the fact that Andraj lost that fight to Whaley pretty fast, made a mistake. Whaley capitalized, ends the fight, but it would have been nice to see that fight go just a little bit deeper. Every time I've watched Whaley, she's, she's dominated the fight. She's walked through a lot of people. This is the fight technique wise, the technical skill, mm -hmm. the technical skill of Joanna on the feet, if she allows Joanna to start to get into her little role, because Joanna builds in the fight. Oh, yeah. The longer the fight goes, the better she gets. And the one thing, she's got very good takedown defense. So Whaley is not going to be able to just take her off of her feet easily. And if she does take her off her feet, she's very hard to keep on the ground. She, she gets back to her feet very well. Yeah. So I, I am really interested. I think this is as good a fight, you know, in the women's division as you're going to find 
you know, the questions really lie in how much does Yoana struggle to get down to that 115 pound weight? Cause she has struggled now in the past. And that to me can take some out of you that you can't bring into the cage that next night. Yeah. I think, um, what do we call it? Whaley. Whaley. Yeah. 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 So Whaley Zhang, like <clears throat> with Whaley, I think if she makes it a dirty, grimy fight, presses her to the fence, no, she's not easy to get there. I know she's not easy to hold there, but she's got to make it that kind of fight. You know, whether you want to call it Conor McGregor, shoulder strikes, you know, elbows, <laughs> like she, all that style. She's got to make it that kind of style of a fight. You know, drop on the doubles, try to lift, try to can't get can't get it, come back up, elbows, knees. She's got to grind her down a little bit. And I think as she does that, I think it'll make it a little bit easier as the fight goes on. Joanna's is just good. Her style has always yes, been very dangerous for everyone. And as far as a technician, I think the only other person that's a better technician than her is Valentina. The only yep, other girl, I agree. the only other girl fighter I've ever seen that has a better technician than her is for sure Valentina. And yep. And even that fight was a really good fight. You know, she just was a yeah. little bit outclassed in the technique and and I think a little bit in the size as well. Yeah, um, the power is just a little bit different too. Yeah, but it was it was a great fight. I think is if I'm I'm sitting now, I'm a nerd, I'm watching both of them fight. I was like, this is fucking a really good fight if you know what you're looking at. And yeah. uh and I loved it. I was, loved the fact that um they got after it. But <clears throat> this fight, um it, it I, I just, I don't know, man. You'll, I haven't seen the same Joanna that when she was just running through people. And like you said, may, maybe it's because she was going through some personal stuff, you know, whatever the issues were. Maybe it was during that time. Uh, but we're like, for me, I feel like where's Rose fit in all this? Cause she, she truly won me over with all, you know, with, with all, with all the stuff that happened with her and Joanna, as well as the rematch. And I just, I, I really want to see her back in this whole mix. I think she's supposed to be fighting uh, Andrade again. If Rose wins against Jessica Andrade, which that's a tough fight for her. The winner yeah, of that fight is going to end up fighting the winner of, um, God, I can't, why can't I remember? Wei Li. Wei Li. Wei Li Zhang. Wei Li. Wei Li Joanna. You're and, bad at doing names. I know, man. I'm horrible with names, man. I, what was your name again? <laughs> I podcast it. Dave. I yeah, got po Podcast Dave. Uh, all I you mean, need to know. Stylistically, though, for me, I feel like these four are just, they're fucking animals, man. They're always at the top. Oh, they're, they're always going to be there at the top. Andrade and Wei Li Zhang, that, that, I could see that fight again happening again right after if she does lose the title. Uh, I, I'm interested to see those four fight all the time. I'm just a Rose fan. Maybe, maybe it's because of fucking DC and Thug Rose. Thug, Thug Rose. Rose. I don't know. Thug I just Rose. I One really of the greatest lines ever. I really it's, love it's, it, that. Was right there with Howard Cosell and down goes Frazier. <laughs> down goes Frazier. Thug Rose is right there. I love that. That was like it was the wrong thing to do if you're actually a, you know knowing the job as a color yeah. commentator stuff. He's he's stepping on, but it's still one of the greatest things ever. I love. Uh, did you hear my Did you hear my call of uh, down goes Mergliata, down yeah, goes Mergliata? Yeah. I didn't. I hey, thought to make light of it, but I, I just kind of played I it in. You that man, it was so funny. Uh, I was I was like, oh Jesus! He hopped right back up and just yeah. right back into the mix, but it was funny. I just I was in mid sentence and I goes down goes Mergliata. He was he was laughing at himself, man. Oh yeah. man, he's a all you can do. He's funny, man. All right, well, hey, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit of boxing just real quick. Oh, Mikey. Yes. Mikey Garcia. Man. Vargas. Jesse Vargas. That was a good fight. 
Yeah, I thought it was a good fight. But I have to. I I don't. I don't, maybe I'm being a little critical. The um, not of the fighters. Um, the commentary was not like the zone needs to figure out their commentary situation. And I'm not trying to stroke my own ego here, but I felt like it was a little off. It felt like it was a little. It just wasn't. It wasn't up to par with such a with such a high level of fight, you know. Especially with with uh, Jesse Vargas, all the guys that he had fought before. Just they got it. They I think they've got to make a little change on the zone on the zone guys. It's just not. It's just I, not working. I don't think. One of the things I thought was a little bit off is, I thought Jesse was actually fighting a very good fight yes. against. I I've known Mikey for a long time. I used to live in the Oxnard area, and I used to go to Robert Garcia's gym that he had there where Mikey, you know, trained, obviously that's his brother. And I used to go and actually, when I was doing boxing as a referee, I would go and work rounds with fighters, you know, at his gym. He was always very you know, open and kind to me and allowed me to come in and do stuff. And you could see back then, you know, how good Mikey was. And it's Mikey's basic in mm -hmm. everything he does, but watch his feet, watch his footwork and how he slides and moves. And he sets up his right hand so beautifully because he'll wait around, wait on a guy and all of a sudden you'll see him take and he takes just a six inch step to the outside to launch that right hand down the pipe. And that's what put Vargas down that first time was like the fifth round. You know, that was a huge shot. And I give Jesse Vargas credit. Not only, you know, smart, he you know goes down hard, but he stays down. He's looking at the ref allows himself to go all the way to that A count because that way he gets more time to get himself back into the mm -hmm. fight. Because if he had gotten up at the count of two or three or four, then surely the referee is only going to count to eight and then tell yeah. him where he's going to take more time. He sees him coming up. He's going to kind of stop that. It's all perfect. Great job by Vargas. Intelligent, yeah. experienced fighter. But you're watching this, you know, and, and I, heard, I saw a lot of people were complaining about it. they're saying, well, you know, Vargas, I thought Vargas fought a great fight. It really mm -hmm. did. And he landed a lot of punches. I think he threw more punches than than Mikey and landed probably more as far as volume. It's just that Mikey's shots were the bigger, heavier yep. shots throughout the fight. And you look and you can see the damage on the two of them. You know, yeah. Vargas took some big big shots in that fight but it was a really good matchup and just you know shows man you know mikey's moved up to that you know welterweight you know position he's not that tall he's only about five six but his technique and his fighting ability he got hit with a couple big shots that yeah, he, he normally did. doesn't he doesn't normally get hit with but god damn he was in control of that fight fighting his fight making vargas move into his hand when he would take those steps He's just so technically good, you know. His brother's done an outstanding job. His dad was a. His dad actually, you know, used my gym as the, you know, when he was training uh, Fernando Vargas to come back. Mm -hmm. And his dad's a super nice guy, and just I was I was very happy for Mikey. When Tough he fight. fought Earl Spence, you can't start the way he started in this fight with Vargas, and he yeah. just could never got a rhythm with Earl Spence. Earl Spence, the speed, the accuracy, all the footwork—it just was too fast of a pace fight for him. I yep. felt like at that time, at that time in his career, maybe it's changing. But I saw him start slow again in the in this fight. And he always like, starts slow. It's not. I, I feel like he's just trying to get the rhythm down and trying to figure out who his opponent is, which I can understand. But you can't give away four or five rounds against the best guys in the world. You know, and Vargas is up there. It's one of the best guys in the world, but he's also kind of on the the downslide. 
of being the of being the best guy and one of the best the guys. Best couple in the world. of really hard fights. Yeah, and so, but the jab was money for him. He just he slid in, slid out. He just Garcia, Mikey just had no answer for the jab up until the fifth round. Had yeah. no answer. I mean, I had I had uh, I had Vargas winning rounds one through four. Had him uh, still. I had him kind of. It was like starting to come back and forth in the fifth, and then he got dropped, and it was like, oh shit. But Mikey yeah. also realized I feel like too much on the, just the straight right. He, he needs, does. Yeah, he realized too much on that. I do agree with you on the, how he does that. He does make his little adjustments, small little steps side to side. That little step to the outside kind of takes away that parry a little bit. And then he can come right right between either right over the top, but not even really a hooking. Just he's threading that needle behind the glove, right in behind. Right, and right. He, that jab, that left hand before it is not so much to hit. No. He's slicing the hands and bringing it down to bring that hand down. So opens up his right hand. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Very slick. I thought, and then after that, it was like more of a snowball effect. Vargas, he got away for a little bit from the jab, started kind of like throwing, just jumping in, throwing one and two, and then trying to shots. back out. And then it wasn't the fight that he was fighting in the first four rounds. Had he went back to the first four rounds, I think we would have had a different style of fight. Uh, Mikey did still a great close on the judges scorecards. Yeah. Mikey still did a good job though. Mikey still yeah. did a good job of picking and choosing his opportunities. He never really overextended himself. He also never rushed and made himself all out of position, you know, to get caught with anything. Cause there was a couple scenarios there. I want to say right after he got the first knockdown where he was getting after you, trying to get after Vargas a little bit and Vargas was able to hit him a couple clean shots in the exchanges. Yep. One Vargas was back was to the ropes. Um, Good fight. I don't see him. I don't. Mikey's got to get a couple more levels of guys like that before he tries getting up to uh, Earl Spence or someone else again. Like that that next level. I don't. He's got to. I don't know. It, may, it might be. I feel like it might be too big for him. It might. I, be. I honestly think it is. I yeah. think he, he's pushing it because you know you figure Mikey came in. He's a lightweight. Yeah, one hundred thirty pound fighter. Jeez. You know, and then moved up into super lightweight, and then has moved up from there. But he's not a big framed guy. He's not. And yeah. so you're getting into guys. Spence is tall. You know, he's five. I think Vargas is five eleven or so too. But, you know, Spence is tall. He's long. And that's the big difference. Mikey's got to use his feet to get inside on Spence, which is not an easy thing to do. I thought Sean Porter did an outstanding job of getting inside and moving himself into positions. That was a great fight that he had mm -hmm. against Spence. Even though he lost, Sean fought a great fight. Yeah. And, um, you know, Mikey's Mikey's special. He's really good, and he's just a good guy. And these kind of fights are the ones you look at and you go, man, that's a guy, athleticism-wise, doesn't have, you know, the same gifts as some no. of these other guys. But it's what he's done to prepare himself. It's how he's been taught. He just sticks to what he does, and he makes it work. Yeah, he, he reminds without like so much the slug fest type thing, but he reminds me a little bit like a Barrera, where Barrera would just kind of like walk with his hands up, slowly just tracking after you, throwing yeah. combinations. Uh, you know, Barrera had more of the body, uh, body shots, more of the body uh, attacks. But uh, Mikey did a good job last night of attacking, attacking the body as well to set up his right hand. I was imp I was impressed. I was impressed with how composed he was, knowing that he pretty much I would imagine his corners had told him that you, you lost the first four rounds. But once he got the once he got the knockdown, 
he was able to kind of start sticking it together, putting it together a little bit better going into the the, the sixth and the seventh and then so forth. Uh, it was a close fight. I didn't have it as close as the judges had. I had Mikey kind of run away with it after that, um, yeah. especially with the two knockdowns in the fifth. But because uh, uh, Vargas just didn't look the same. He didn't look the same after the knockdowns. He didn't look the same. He looked a little bit, I got to tell you, kind of not as bad, but like, like they were talking about, like the Dante Wilder thing is like, he just never got, he never really felt like he got back to where he was. Didn't seem off balance, but he also didn't seem like things he were kind of- got stiff-legged a couple times. Yeah, they were winging. He was like, everything he was doing was like he was winging. He was looking for a punch to get himself out of there. Like the big haymakers, he kept throwing the overhand right. It just wasn't the same as, as the first four rounds. Where he was sticking and moving, sticking and moving and making, you know- Making Mikey kind of track after him and like, bap, he'd get him and then he'd circle out and then he'd try to throw a you know, two punch combination, you know, and then stick and move and get out. He was a lot, he seemed a lot faster than Mikey and he would utilize that in the first four rounds. But then after that, after he got dropped, it just wasn't the same, wasn't the same. I think they're, they're, I think they're talking about Mikey fighting Pacquiao. That's what so there was we'll, talk about. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that comes about. That'd be a good fight for, uh, for both guys, it's a well matched. You know, size wise, they're very close, very similar. Yeah, both guys are actually big, though. big for the 147, and that's the difference. The speed, the speed wall, and the, and it's again watching footwork. Mikey's got a specific type of footwork that he has, but Pacquiao. What people don't understand is Pacquiao's got power, even though he moves his feet yeah. all the time. He does not set his feet, but he shuffles and does this little quick step, and you'll see him. But when he's doing that step. He pushes off and creates power. Mm. And it's the speed difference. Even though Pacquiao is older, he's got a big speed advantage on Mike. Not only the speed, but I think the southpaw stance from Pacquiao just causes problems because he just have a harder he, time with that right hand. Constantly, constantly is um, changing the levels from the body to the head. Not just with the straight left to the body, but also to the the jab to the body coming back up, doubling it up. He'll double and triple jab, you know, and then hide hide behind that jab to set up that straight left. He does such a good job of spinning off as well after he throws his combination. So he's basically back behind you and waiting for you to turn. You know, I mean, people don't understand the level of which these guys are fighting. And I've had oh. a chance. I've had a chance to spar with uh, Robert Guerrero, who's the, the ghost who fought Mayweather. And I got to tell you, for a guy who's only 140 pounds or whatever, 145 pounds, 47 pounds, I have sparred guys that were, you know, 170, 185. You know, I've even even fucking gotten slugfest with uh, uh, Paul Bonatello and Mike Kyle, you know, in full on like wars in the gym. And I got to tell you, I've never been stanky legged like him. He fucking hit me with a clean shot and and it, it just, I was like, wow, that was probably one of the hardest guys, if not the hardest guys ever hit me in my life. I mean, I know and he was known for Guerrero, some, Guerrero was not known as a big puncher. No, he just, he was just really good. It came off of, you know, off the exchange against the ropes. I pressed him to the ropes, was hitting some body shots and trying to, trying to, you know, you know, put some work on him. He, he only used me for the first four rounds. He went another fucking eight rounds after that. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, with some some real good boxers. I mean, he used me for the yep. first four rounds to get his body going. But in that yep. fourth round, man, he fucking started teeing off on me. And I, we were only fighting in like a fucking, I want to say it was like a 10 by 11 ring. It was so small. I had nowhere to run. 12, 12 by, <laughs> probably a 12 by 12. Yeah, it's small. I, I had nowhere it's to like, run. I was like, what the fuck? 
I was you expecting two, a big ring. You're in the center. You take two steps back. You're in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this, this is not what I signed up for, bro. We got to go to a bigger ring because I need places to run. <laughs> I need so, to move. And I was in phenomenal shape for, for that sparring session, too. I think I was like two weeks out from my third Gilbert fight. And I was in pretty good. I was in pretty damn good shape. And by the fourth round, I was fucking sucking wind. I was like, this is not oh, yeah. what this is not. I mean, just the movement, the awareness the of how yeah. good they are, how they stick and move their jab. They hit and they're gone before you can even think about countering. And they mix it up so well from the body to the head. And people, I can sit here and tell you, oh, you guys just don't understand. But until you're actually in you there, don't. you do not understand. No. I mean, I've sparred with guys. I sparred with this other guy. And he was, uh, when we first started sparring, he was like 6-0. and By the time I got done sparring with him, and you know, throughout the years, he was 14-0 uh, and as a boxer. And guy. Like him, I was able to touch him and hit him and move. You know, we we were actually really good for each other. But when you get in there with someone like Guerrero, it's just a completely different story. Just yep. outclass, like not even in the same fucking realm. It's embar- <laughs> It was embarrassing. I mean, I can truly admit. It. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I'm sure everyone already knows that. But, Definitely not embarrassing. That's that's why you know. he's world class at what he does. Yeah. And if you took him on the mat. Oh yeah. What would happen? Yeah, he'd probably knock me out. <laughs> no, no, no. He no, was, you know, I get what you're saying. I know it's two different sports, but it's two different sports. But, but, but that's it was, what people don't realize. And you, yeah. know, you get into this, and that's why when you know you go all the way back to Connor when he fought Mayweather, and you look and you go, "Hey, I said that you know Connor didn't have a chance." Yeah. Okay, and he really didn't, but he actually performed better than I thought he would have. Yes. Against a guy that people have no idea idea mm-hmm. how good floyd mayweather is no no idea yeah okay so well when you in, here's in the thing what they do crazy good if you put like with mayweather when he fought uh what was the kid's name in japan daisuke oh yeah no 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 he didn't fight daisuke he fought the the kickboxer ten ten to use okay yeah so whoever the kid he fought in japan Mayweather, May, yeah, yeah. Mayweather had a party to get to back in Vegas for New Year's. So he got him in and out of there. He was already back in Vegas for the double New Year's. He left Japan oh, yeah. that night on his private jet back to, he got back into L, he got back into Vegas for a New Year's party. That he, when he's motivated, when he wants to get you out of there, he would have got you out of there. I think it would have probably been the same way with Connor. It almost makes me feel like he bet on himself in the tenth round to put him away. Like it was, it's like, no, nah, I'm gonna let him go because the odds got better in the tenth round. The, I mean, like I want to say the odds were like fourteen to one or eleven to one or something like that. You know, because I I bet I bet every round I put that Connor would get to every round, and and as into the eighth and ninth round, the odds got better that it wouldn't that he wouldn't get there. So I mean, yeah. I want to say I ended up winning like a little under eight hundred bucks or whatever because I put I put like. 12 bucks on it or something like that or 15 bucks on it <laughs> and i went like 800 dollars on it you know because i bet every round like oh he'll make it to this round he'll make it to this round you know for the amount of money you were going to spend you made your money back and then some it was worth it uh but i thought i thought mikey good performance um great, who do, who do you think i mean i love I, the, I love the silver gloves though it looked yeah. like he was throwing metal fists dude yeah. I'm, I'm watching i'm like it almost looks unfair yeah <laughs> do you see him if the pacquiao fight doesn't happen do you see him fighting sean porter yeah, I could see him fighting Sean Porter because it's it's gonna it's gonna tell him exactly where he's at in that. Can I get back at Spence? Yeah, is that is that a fight that I really want to even go towards? You know, this the title that he won in this you know Jesse Vargas fight, whatever Diamond something WBC. It's like who gives a shit? 
No. It's he needs to get back to that one thing, but he also needs to figure out do I am I going to stick at welterweight or am I going to go to, you know, junior welterweight. Yeah. Go down to 140 pounds. You know, get to a point where guys frame-wise are at least a little bit closer to you cuz you at 147 there's not a lot of real, you know, guys that match up. Pacquiao matches up size-wise. Yeah. You know, Pacquiao's even a little shorter, but you know, you I think in the, the Vargas fight, he had, you know, the reach advantage by Jesse was pretty good, you know, about mm-hmm. five, six inches. In boxing, that's huge yeah. because you know, you don't have any other tools and you can't, you know, you to to close that space to land your shot, you gotta time things right. It's not easy, and you can mm-hmm. eat some big shots doing it. So it's a real question of, you know, is he going to stay at that welterweight? I, I think Mikey's better if he goes down. But, you know, he, he's in control of his destiny, and if he wants to stay at welterweight, then Sean Porter would be a, a good matchup for him. Ooh, tough matchup. Oh, yeah. Tough. Very tough. Yeah. I'd like to see him fight Pacquiao. I'd like to see him get a, yeah. I'd like to see him get a money That's grab. That's a good payday. Yeah. yeah hey. like to, I, I'm always encouraged by people that have an opportunity to get a money grab, you know? And yes. I'm not saying he can't beat him. He, I think there's a, he, there is a chance, he, a really good chance he could beat him. You know, oh, Pac, he could. Pacquiao's not he the could. same guy he used to be, but the speed and the southpaw stance may cause a lot of threats. But it also, he's Mikey up. has a powerful right hand. That might work he against Pacquiao. He's got power. And, you know, if he does land, it's being, being that, you know, they're going to be playing that foot game outside foot. Yeah. Mikey's very good at shuffling, and if he catches Pacquiao in one of those little transitional moments that he does, steps outside, he could land that right hand. He could hurt Pacquiao, and it's the same as you know, go back and you Marquez. know uh, Marquez when he fought him, man. You know, face down, just ass the perfect up. shot. Oh fucking a man! God, he was. He, I thought he died right there on the spot. I was like, good. <laughs> and so god. everybody that was around me, go, oh my god, he's dead. I said, he's not dead. Stop. I was like, no, he's yeah. dead. No, no. If, if, I was in the, if I was in the room with you, I'd be like, no, he's fucking dead. No, you're wrong. John. He's, he's dead. dead. He's dead. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, guys, uh, let's wrap this up. Everything good? What do you think? Anything else good. Anything else you want yeah, to talk man. about? Yeah. I think we, we're good. We got, uh, we got Mohegan. Uh, we got Mohegan Sun coming up. We got to talk about that coming up because yep. we've got first, we're going to, let's, well, we got the UFC coming up on the 7th and then we have a show the week after on I the cannot. 13th fucking wait for that fight patricio oh, and cavallo oh it's gonna be good. not only that wait. one i cannot wait for the rematch i want to see what daniel weichel has changed because i don't think if you're sanchez you have to change anything from when they first fought but i do think if you're weichel you got to change a couple things let's see what he's done because it's going to be interesting i'm calling that i'm calling the fights case side with you this fight so yes they, sir they've got That's awesome they've got a, a special guest at the desk they got aj mckee yeah. up there with i think chael and jay glazer and uh good old grumpy jay what? glazer now the nfl is on break so oh, he's, jay, jay's he's so a, crushed he's a great guy he's, oh, a, he's, he's such a great guy but during the nfl season you can just see the stress on his face i swear <laughs> everyone's everyone goes uh, what the fuck's jay do with the nfl da, da, da. i'm like bro you guys don't uh, get it i've been in the no. car i'm like oh, he's constantly on the phone you know what? let's talk about this for a second okay jay because glazer jay glazer first everyone can have whatever opinion they have yep. about jay Okay, is he short? Yes. Okay, let's just <laughs> let's just go there. Okay. And as he would say, calm down, uh, Matembe Bikumbo yeah. or whatever. Yeah, man. Calm down, <laughs> Manute Bowl. Yeah. Calm down, it's buddy. A, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is one of the best guys. Yes. I uh, he is he cares about people. He is always doing things for other people. And let's talk about 
you know, everybody and I, I see this stuff all the time. And, you know, I see, you know, stay in your lane, Jay Glazer, you know. No, geez. Okay. Yes, he's an inside guy as far as reporting things that are happening in the NFL for Fox Sports. Mm -hmm. And those guys that he's with, he absolutely loves those guys. Mm -hmm. They love him. Strahan is his best friend. You got to figure he started out basically being an inside reporter, kind of working in the New York area. That's how he met Strahan when Strahan was a rookie player. They formed this, you know, bond and this relationship. People have no idea what Jay Glazer is involved in when it comes to the NFL. None. They have no idea the people that call him. How many times have we been sitting there yep. and he gets a call from Sean Payton, coach, from the owner, coach. from yeah. Jerry Jones. You're the like owner. Exactly. He's getting a call from Jerry. He's getting owner, owner of the Giants yeah. all saying, hey, I need you to help me with this. Yep. I need you to, hey, I want you to come and have me. We need to have a conference call. We need yep. to do this. He is has his hands in more things yep. with the NFL that people have no idea about, and he doesn't talk about it. No, he doesn't. Okay? Never brings it up. The guy is phenomenal as far as what he does in his job, what he does for people outside of it. Let's talk. I want to say, you know, he's done this whole thing with this MVP that he created, oh, merging Huge. vets and players. He's created something special in, you know, if you can affect one person's life in a positive way, you're doing great things. How many people has Jay Glazer affected in a positive way through this program that he's created with Nate Boyer and gotten guys like Randy Couture? You've been there for things. I've been yep. there. It's amazing. You know what is going on there? People, you should all like Jay Glazer. Yeah, he's yep. a pain in the ass at times. <laughs> but He's just but, a phenomenal But are we all? It's just, yeah. you can just see you can see a stress uh the level of stress kind of drop once the season's done and he just is his demeanor changes and it's so pleasant to be he's normally pleasant to be around regardless. And oh, now uh, you're lying. yeah, <laughs> now I'm lying. No, I, I I really I honestly there was a lot that I learned from him. I had people telling me like, "Hey, whatever you do, don't listen to Jay like when you talk to him and, and people that had worked with him before when he was with the UFC and I was like but then as I was started like talking with him and getting to know like where his mindset was on now when him and I would kick things back to each other, back and forth at the desk, completely different relationship. The understanding of like, he wants to tee you up. He wants to make you look yeah. good. And versus, you know, he, him wanting to be on the spotlight. No, he's trying to tee you up and make it easy for you to hit a home run. And that, that's kind of great. Like, you know, you realistically, like when I'm sitting at the desk, I have no idea what the hell is going to come out of Chael's mouth. So I've got, I've <laughs> no got to, like, I've got to rely, I got to rely on Jay to like set something up for me to be like, yo, what about this? So it's, uh, it, I've learned that the, the three of us have got a good relationship at the desk. I enjoy being there, but it's also nice to get down there in the cage side with you because I do a lot of the Europe shows cage side, you yeah. know, and normally it's just by myself with, uh, with Dave Ferrar. Yeah. All the Europe, all the show, <laughs> Europe shows. Normally I'm with Dave Ferrara, who is, he's basically just starting to get into the sport now. He's doing a lot of research. Yeah. He's getting really good. He's doing way better, man. He, he is. He's really, he asks you some good questions. He says some good things. You yeah. can tell he's studying. I'm very happy for Dave, man. He's doing a good job. Uh, the, the one the last thing, the, the one thing about Jay, Jay is not this guy that's about himself. He's about the team. He is a definite team sports guy, and he is about uplifting everybody yeah. with him. That's what. That's where you go. That's a quality guy. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, 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 like I said, I've learned a lot from him, and I'm, 
I love working side by side with them now. It took me a little while to get used to the, I, him and I have been friends for a long time, but it took me a long time. It's different to be a friends with someone than a work yeah. relationship with someone. Totally. And there's people have to realize I've been friends with Jay. I want to say since like, uh, what, 12, 13 years now, something like that. But I've never had to be in a working atmosphere with him until this, until we started doing Bellator together. And it was like, wow, this is a completely different Jay that I've met. And I don't know if I like it or not, you know, but it was a little <laughs> bit of me just figuring things out, man. I mean, I was the yeah. new guy on the totem pole kind of thing. And he's been doing this, you know, pretty much his whole life. So it was, it was a good experience. And, uh, we've learned, I've learned a lot from him, you know, so I tip my hat to him and, uh, we'll see, we'll see the, the vibrant, happy Jay Glazer and not the stressed yes. out one from the no NFL stress. season, but, uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for listening, weighing in. Great show. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all the ones that are out there. Okay, we're on all platforms now, all the ones that really matter. Share our videos. Hit that thumbs up. That shares our videos to everyone else. I know I say this every week, but we got to continue to say this because our numbers are growing. But I see you guys arguing in the comment section on YouTube over the fact that people don't know about us. Well, help us out a little bit. Share our videos. Hit that thumbs up. That shares our videos to everyone else. That will get the word out as much as possible. Put our stuff on Instagram. Also, I'll tell you this. If you guys share our videos on Twitter, if you guys share our video on IG, I'll repost it for you guys. Hopefully get you guys some more uh, subscribers or, else, or followers as well. Yep. I appreciate you guys. Do we appreciate you guys. Also, is that 20% still going on? Yeah, until March sec until the second. Okay, so also go to Pro Wrestling Tees dot com backslash. Next Josh time I'm wearing my weighing in shirt. Weighing in shirt. Pro Wrestling Tees dot com backslash Josh Thompson official. Um, right? You're the worst. Why do you say backslash? Oh, is it back? Isn't it backslash? <laughs> forward slash. It's whatever. Forward, forward slash. slash. Sorry, forward I always slash. thought it was backslash. Anyways, <laughs> use use the promo code Madness for like March that. Madness. Think about that March Madness. So use the promo code Madness. Get twenty percent off of our weigh in shirt. Weigh in shirt. John and I would really appreciate it. Uh, yep. You know, we want to start using utilizing uh, that money to help grow our, our promotion as well, our podcast, so we can start promoting our stuff uh, on all the other platforms as well a little bit more. And if Don't. you've listened to this podcast at least two times, subscribe. Yeah, I feel like you guys Come are just on, using us. That's You're not coming fair. back, man. <laughs> it's not costing you guys anything here. Yeah, just hit the little subscribe button. Yeah, hey, guys. Bink. We appreciate you guys, okay? Josh, wait, wait. The Real Punk? I was going to say Josh Thompson official. Josh the, Thompson. the Real Punk, Instagram, and on Twitter. Follow us there. Uh, Wayne and Show on Instagram. And then Podcast Dave on Instagram and Twitter. Or is it Podcast Dave on Twitter? <laughs> you always do this. Okay. Yeah, it's Podcast Dave. It's Podcast Dave, Instagram. Well, he's John. doing it right then. Yeah, exactly. John I'm McCarthy, right. MMA on Twitter and IG. There we go. And we're good. Just talk to us. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. Um, and we were gonna we're gonna obviously do another show after the Izzy fight. We'll maybe try to cram another fan question. Oh, I know you got I know you guys love the fan question thing, and I actually kind of really enjoyed it. And we didn't get to all we didn't get anywhere near to all the questions that we had last time. Uh now we can do another one. We I think we can do another one in the middle of the week. I like this. Sure. This, is, uh, this is a good little thing we got going on. I feel connected with the fans when they start writing in all the questions. I mean, mounds yeah, and mounds of questions. Are good. So uh, we'll have drive. We'll have Dave drive. Drive. We'll have Dave drop a. Um, Slow down, man. We'll have Dave drop. I have heard this before. Slow down, Josh. I'm talking too fast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Dave drop a fan question thing again, and uh, you guys write your questions down, and we'll get those answers for you.